standing for the reading of the gospel from Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated and let us pray. God, we come from many different homes and many different parts of this community and even different parts of this state. And you've brought us together today in this place. We pray that your spirit would speak to us. Help us to see the things that we need to see to hear the message that we need to hear so that the seed of your word would be planted in us and would be brought forth to bear fruit with a resurrection kind of joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Very often we hear this difference between Mary and Martha, this distinction between Mary and Martha, how Martha was distracted and Mary was sitting there at Jesus' feet. But I want to say that the truth is we need Martha's. You probably know Martha's. If you ever want to get anything done, you had better know who the Marthas are in your life because they are the ones who will get things done. In my last appointment, one of Martha's names was Susan. Susan could get something done. If I needed something done, she could make sure that it happened. Well, I attended a Simpson County Pastors Association meeting one week, and they asked if I could host a community event the following week. And I said, sure. They said, could, could we have maybe something to eat, too? And, and I said, sure, we could maybe have something to eat. And I thought to myself, well, it's only a week. I don't want to put people at the church out. It's only a week. So I'm going to make a couple of huge pots of soup to serve the community. And so we just went ahead, and I was planning on making this enormous pot of soup to serve the community, and the event was on Friday. And on Thursday, it was late in the afternoon, and I said to Melinda, well, I've got to go to Walmart, and I've got to buy the ingredients for soup. Melinda said, why do you need to buy ingredients for soup? I said, well, we have this community ministerial association meeting event tomorrow at church, and we just planned this thing last week, and I really didn't want to put anybody out, so I decided I was just going to make some big old pots of soup and serve everybody afterwards, to which my long-suffering wife 
says to me, what makes you think you can make soup for the town of Franklin? And I couldn't really answer that question. She asked further, when's the last time you made soup for our family? And I couldn't answer that question either. (laughs) She said, we've got to call Susan. And we've got to get something done. So I called Susan. It was Thursday afternoon. I said, well, I didn't want to ask you this last week because I thought it wouldn't be enough time. So instead, I'm asking you 21 hours before it's actually happening. Could we have a meal at church tomorrow? Susan says, you're kidding me. You're absolutely kidding me. I said, I wish I were kidding you. I had planned to make soup, but Melinda tells me that I can't make soup, and she's probably right that I can't make soup. And believe it or not, this wonderful Martha named Susan got together a salad, a a meal, desserts in 21 hours. And as you might imagine... My last Sunday at that church, she was still reminding me that she got together an entire meal in 21 hours. We need Martha's. We need Martha's in our lives if we're going to get anything done because it's the Martha's who know how to make it happen. And and so Martha in our scripture today, uh, there's a scholar named Diane Peters who describes her this way. She is practical, she is active, and she is outspoken. This is the character of, of Martha. Some of the things you may remember about Martha. Well, there are three of them in the family, three siblings that we know about. Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. Martha shows faith. Lazarus is the Lazarus who dies, and Jesus goes to his grave and weeps there at his grave. And Martha, days later, comes and says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. But even now, I still believe in you. Even now, though my brother is dead and I've got to live without him, I... I, I believe in you, that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Martha is one of the first in the Bible to actually call Jesus the Messiah. In John eleven twenty seven. it's Martha who says, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. These are the words of Peter. This is the rock upon which God builds the church, that Jesus is the anticipated, expected one who comes from God. Martha shows faith. And it's also Martha who hosts the dinner where Mary pours this jar of expensive ointment on Jesus' head. Now, this is not nearly such a strange thing to happen in the first century as it would be in our century, although you, we do have Gatorade that is poured on the heads of coaches after, after a winning game or something. We have these, these coolers that are dumped over the coach's head. When I'm in Israel, I have to tell you, I'm going to have to wear a hat. It's hot in January, and you can get sunburned in January. In July, if I don't wear a hat, then I'll be medically treated for a few weeks before I'll be able to to travel. In the ancient world, pouring or putting oil on someone's head, it was 
it was a soothing action. It was a soothing way to welcome them and to show that they and their comfort were important. Martha hosts this dinner where Mary pours not just sunscreen, but this jar of incredibly expensive ointment on Jesus' head. And everybody's like, why did she do that? Why didn't she sell it and use the money for something else? But there is something about the extravagance of love for Jesus that sometimes shows itself in the most amazing of ways. Martha, practical, active, outspoken, Sibling to Mary and Lazarus, the one who brings faith like the faith of Peter, saying, I believe that you are the Messiah, and hosting a dinner. We can turn for a moment to Mary, and we can see that Mary listens to Jesus as Jesus is speaking, as Jesus is teaching, there she is at his feet. And Mary does that extravagant thing because she loves Jesus. She loves Jesus in a way that the people around her don't understand. She is willing to be generous in a way that nobody else in the room was willing to be generous. She was willing to even make a spectacle of herself. And when those around start complaining, Jesus says to them, As long as the story of me is told... What she has done, she will be honored for. Mary does something extravagant. And she too shows faith when Jesus comes back. Now, she initially, after Lazarus has died, they had sent for Jesus and, and, and he had purposefully delayed his trip and Lazarus has died and days have passed and, and it's Martha, who goes out, we don't know why Mary didn't go out to begin with. She had initially not gone out. But when Martha tells her Jesus wants to see her, she comes too. And she uses the same words that Mary, or that that Martha had used earlier. Mary says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so here we have this contrast, this difference between Mary and Martha. And in this, in this painting, we see Martha busy while watching Mary in the background at the feet of Jesus. We see Martha wondering why Mary is not helping and probably having this inner dialogue with herself. Now, I know when I am getting unhealthily angry When I am unloading the dishwasher and I am carrying on this argument with someone while unloading the dishwasher, I know at that point that there's something I've got to get out, there's something I've got to talk to someone about. And and I would imagine, especially looking at this artist's rendition here, that, that Martha is feeling kind of the same thing. Here she is working and she looks through the window And Mary's just sitting there. And Martha's like, surely she has got to help me out here. And Mary's just sitting there. There are a couple of different ways we can look at Mary and Martha. And there are ways that preachers have talked about Mary and Martha over the years. 
one of those ways is that what Mary does is good, while what Martha does is not. Mary is serving God, while Martha is serving people. There is this idea that Mary is the one that we should focus on in this passage, and Martha is a foil for those who are not seeking the will of God. A number of monastic communities have seen in this story the difference between active Christianity and contemplative Christianity. Martha represents the active Christianity that goes out into the world and does something, that seeks to bring justice to those who have been treated unjustly, that seek to bandage the wounds of those who are wounded, that seek to offer hope to those who are hopeless, while on the other hand are the contemplatives who spend a lifetime in prayer. Some of my favorite writers are contemplatives. Carlo Corretto spent part of his career uh, working in the streets of Rome, and then he went off to the desert to converse with God. His books, his writings, his insights are absolutely phenomenal. And they'd better be. Because if the only thing you're doing is listening to and praying to God, you had better have some profound insights or else you're wasting your time. There came a point when he was out in the Sahara when he believed that God was calling him back to a life among people. And he taught, and he shared the lessons that he had learned. So some would say that Mary and Martha represent good and bad kinds of spirituality. There are others who say that Martha represents an active spirituality, while Mary represents the contemplative prayer life. And then there are others who say that you can't have Martha without Mary. And you can't have Mary without Martha. That this is a story that tells us that both the contemplative life and the active life are to be shared in the life of a Christian. We are to pray and we are to sit at the feet of Jesus and we are to serve. There is nothing wrong with either. Martha isn't chastened for working. Instead, Jesus points out that she's working, but in her work she is worried and distracted. There is so much in our lives that can worry us and can distract us. The deadline that we have to meet the notifications that show up on our second brain, the emails that relentlessly come in. I always love inbox empty for all 45 seconds. There is so much that comes our way. And it's not that what we're doing is bad. 
what we're doing may be amazing. What we're doing may contribute to the life and well-being of the community. What we're doing is probably, at least in some way, what God has made us to do. What God has placed in us, this, this compulsion toward this calling. But if we're only acting, if we're only working... And if, while we're working, we are worried and distracted, we have yet to find the place that Jesus calls us to. Martha isn't chastened for working. Jesus points out that while she's working, she is worried and distracted and calls us through this grand story of these two sisters to remember that we both need to sit at the feet of Jesus and we need to get things done. Now, some of us are better at one of those than the other. I think back to my Martha named Susan, who in 21 hours could get a meal for Franklin, Kentucky together. For the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, the Methodists, several Baptists, all together eating there in our Christian Life Center. The world needs Marthas. The world needs Marthas who have Marys also. Who sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his word of hope to the world. Mary and Martha need each other. Work and contemplation go hand in hand. This life of spiritual listening for the guidance of God and going into the world and being witnesses to what God has done, that is the life to which Jesus has called us. Are you more like Mary? or more like Martha. Either way, I give thanks for you. I give thanks for those who get things done, and I give thanks to those who listen attentively to the voice of Jesus. But we give thanks for each other to the degree that we see we need both of these working hand in hand to be the church and to witness for Jesus. Martha's, Mary's, let's do the will of God and the work of God together. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we come before you today and we know that sometimes we're slow to listen, quick to act. And sometimes we forget that the ability to do your work, to make phone calls, to get things done, should be for us not a burden but a joy. Remind us of your calling. Why we are where we are, why we do the things that we do, Remind us that our doing flows from who you have made us. But we also recognize that you've made us 
people with ears to hear. May we never tire of listening for your word, of growing in faith. And may we recognize that you have called us to this balance of listening and doing, hearing and acting. And we thank you for these two women whose names we know, Martha and Mary. Thank you for what they did for you and the ways that they witness to us still. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.